Welcome to episode number 242 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and today I'm sitting down to share my post-launch review with you. Now, a bit of context for when I'm recording this episode. Launch ended at 6 p.m. on Friday. Yesterday, Saturday, I just spent the day chilling out from launch, enjoying the sunshine, actually got the chance to go and hang out in a pool for the day, which was very fun. Perfect way to finish launch week, let me tell you. And then I'm sitting down today, literally two days after to launch to record this episode with you. I've dragged myself away from the F1 because I wanna capture all of my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my conclusions in the freshest way possible. I want this episode to be filling you in basically on all of the launch behind the scenes. It's gonna be a juicy one. I'm gonna be sharing with you all of my numbers, my figures, my challenges, my lessons, my tips. Basically, it's like we're sitting down for the next 45 minutes to an hour, who knows how long this is gonna be, over a coffee, a glass of wine, whatever you fancy and just having a good old chat about the reality of launching. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while you'll know that this is something I've done a couple of times before when I've done launches in my business. The biggest reason that I create these episodes is because I think in business and this is kind of what fuels this whole podcast and pretty much all the content I create. I find in business there is so much over glamorization of the shiny stuff. You know we see people's wins, we see what's happening externally, we see everything going really well or at least that's what we perceive see from what we see. And don't get me wrong, I'm all about that right? We need to see what's possible. We need motivation from other people. What I'm about though is partnering that content, the wins, the shiny stuff, the great things with the reality, the behind the scenes, the conversation around, okay, here's the win, but also here's what it took to achieve that win. That's what I'm all about. And I think that is the case in any area of business, right? But I find it most often with something like launches, right? They are so loud online. When you see other people launching, you kind of see this very kind of polished and persistent way of selling and you see you know people signing up and the big numbers and the celebration and I think it's very easy to see that and just think oh my god launching is amazing it's so easy it's so great and I can tell you from many many personal experiences there's a lot that happens behind the scenes that you don't see so I want this episode just as I've done with launch review episodes in the past to basically fill you in on the reality of launching the good the bad the ugly the lessons the numbers etc etc before getting into kind of my personal launch review, I want to just give you a bit of context on what this launch meant to me. And I know that might sound a little bit odd, but this was not just like any launch for me. You might already be familiar with a bit of this backstory. So stick with me. I'll keep it nice and brief just for those of you who aren't aware. I used to do a lot of big course launches in my business. I think I did my first one back in 2019, which I'm definitely not saying I was like the first person to ever launch a course. There were many, many that came before me, but Back then, the online world was a very different space. It kind of felt like a very new thing to be launching courses. And I won't lie, when I first started doing it, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I loved the energy. I think I was quite good at it. I got great results. And I kind of felt like, yeah, this is something I like to do in my business. This is good. Now, just to make sure we're all kind of have the same definitions here, when I'm talking about launches in the context of this episode, I'm specifically talking about like big, loud launches of courses, group programs, etc. I know that you can technically launch anything. Um, so I'm specifically talking here about those kind of very big visible online launches of something like a course where you know there's a lot of content, a lot of hype, a lot of kind of goals, etc., etc. So as I said, that was something I kind of enjoyed doing did it a fair bit in my business until the end of 2020, where I had a course launch that 
for multiple reasons, left me with a really bad taste in my mouth. It got good results, you know, on paper, it looked like a great launch. But just as I said in the intro to this episode, the numbers only tell you part of the story. And what happened behind the scenes of that launch is, first of all, I had put a ton of pressure on myself. I was in this kind of weird mindset where I was like pushing myself to like double every target I'd ever set. And, you know, I was being really hard on myself for kind of not, you know, selling out in 20 seconds, et cetera, et cetera. I also at that time discovered that I was being trolled online. It was literally mid-launch that I discovered that I was, yeah, being targeted by a group of people um, and I was being bullied online basically. So that was really hard. And as a result of that being so visible, which you are very visible when you're launching, just felt really unsafe, really uncomfortable. And as a whole, it just completely burned me out. In fact, I didn't even get to the end of that launch. I was midway through and I just called it. I was like, I'm done. This doesn't feel good. I don't feel like I'm honoring my values. This doesn't feel sustainable. I'm a big value-driven business owner. So for me, that was like, okay, we're done. Let's put launches down. Let's just come back to a business model that feels better. So in the few years since, when I have launched a course or something like that, I've just done it in a very kind of quiet and gentle way. I haven't kind of had that like big launch energy at all. I focused a lot more on my one-to-one work, which is really the heart of my business. So that's felt really good. So I basically just kind of took big launches off the table and that was definitely the right thing for a little while. But I won't lie, it started to feel like launching and I had unfinished business. And that honestly is the best way I can describe it. Like it was just this feeling of like, I have very real and legitimate kind of trauma, genuinely attached to launching but I know it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I was starting to see my friends, my clients, people in my network launching. And I was talking to them about the behind the scenes and I was seeing these experiences that were perhaps more like what I'd felt in my first few launches. And I was seeing this evidence from people to say that maybe, just maybe, the belief that my head had kind of concluded of like launching is bad, maybe wasn't fully true. And that was kind of brewing for me over the last year or so. And then it was as I entered this year, 2023, I started to think about what I wanted for my business this year. I won't lie, and I'm gonna be really transparent about this. I was starting to realize I'm gonna need to scale two things my revenue and my impact. Those are two things that are really important to me over the next couple of years in my business for a number of reasons. I'm not afraid to admit, I wanna make more money within my business. First of all, because I am refacing the uh, VAT registration challenge, which if you've listened to that episode, you'll know uh, is something I've battled with for the last few years. Um, Also just life, cost of living, increasing team, increasing investments in the business. For a number of reasons, as I looked at this year, I was like, right, we are ready to start scaling revenue. And I was like, oh, damn it, the best way I think for my business to scale revenue is going to be through launching courses. And the other thing I was thinking about this year is how do I also scale my impact? I am hyper aware that 95% of the work I do, which is my one-to-one work, not only can, you know, only impact a very, very small group of people because it's my time one-to-one, but also from an investments perspective, just isn't accessible for most business owners. My one-to-one is very focused on established businesses. So there's a whole section in my community who I don't offer anything for. And at the start of this year, when I was looking at those two desires of, you know, scaling revenue, scaling impact, I just kind of knew in my head, you know, and you don't really want to land on a conclusion, but you know exactly what probably the answer is going to be. Um, The answer for me was right. Well, I think launching a course is going to be 
the best way to do this. But of course, as I've explained, I had all of this kind of backstory with launching all of this kind of beef with launching. It's literally like launching and I have like unfinished drama, like we're in a fight. We have been for the last few years. I kind of had this hesitancy, totally understandably, I think because of that past experience, I was like, I don't want to go back in that arena. I don't want to do that again. But like I said, when I was seeing my friends, my clients, people in my network, proving that it could be done in a way that was good, that was sustainable, that was value driven. I was like, okay, maybe I'm ready to rewrite this story. And that genuinely was the intention and the heart that I went into this launch with. I was looking to experiment. I had a very clear hypothesis with this launch, which was basically to experiment with, can I do a successful launch? And my definition of successful within that being, you know, high revenue, high number of people signed up without it burning me out, feeling bad, or in any way not aligning with my values. That is how I went into this launch. I saw it as an experiment where at the end, I was either gonna realize that, nope, do you know what for me? Launches are not it. I'm gonna go find another way of scaling that revenue and that impact. I'm good, launches and I done. Or I was gonna go, oh, maybe that experience I had in 2020 isn't how it always has to be. So I saw this launch as an experiment and bit of a side note, that's how I'd encourage all of you to see things in your business where perhaps you're looking to kind of learn something new or try something different. When you see things in business as an experiment, immediately the pressure's taken off. Because genuinely for me, when I went into this launch, I was like, okay, well, if this works, that's a win. But actually, even if this doesn't work, that's also a win because that's clarity. I knew that just one bad experience with launching was not enough to say I was never gonna do it again. So the way I saw it was like, even if this doesn't feel good, even if it does, you know, prove to me that for me, launching does burn me out, doesn't feel value driven, et cetera, et cetera. At least I now know that. Clarity is always a win. I don't know where this phrase is from. So if anyone does, let me know. But I always come back to it around this idea of experimenting, which is this. When you take action, you either get the result that you deserve or the lesson that you need. So that's how I saw this launch. I'm probably gonna get a mix of the two, but it's okay either way, because we're gonna either get results or we're gonna get lessons. So that was the hypothesis that I went into my launch with. A bit of a kind of top line conclusion, just to, you know, very early on in this episode, give you the answer to that. I would say post-launch, I'm sat here smiling, telling you that I think I can do it. I think the last two weeks, or in fact, it's not just been the last two weeks, the last month has proved to me that I can launch in a way that feels good, in a way that aligns with my values, in a way that treats my audience and community in the way that I want them to be treated, and in a way that feels sustainable. I'm sat here post-launch realizing that I hit every single one of the targets that I set for the amount of people that I wanted to join, for the amount of money that I wanted to make. I feel really proud of how I did that. I'm not burnt out right now, not gonna lie. I feel a little bit tired, but I think that's to be expected. I never thought it was gonna be easy. I just wanted there to be ease. I got amazing feedback from all of you in my community about how the launch felt on your side. And all in all, I think I'm beginning to rewrite that story. And I hope you can hear from how I'm speaking that I have like a massive smile on my face right now because I am just so proud of myself for facing that fear. I know this might sound dramatic and you know what, if you think this sounds dramatic, that is totally fine because you did not go through that experience that I went through and that's okay, right? I understand, but for some people listening to this, you might be like, Alice, get over yourself, it's a launch. Like, why were you that scared of it? Like, just get on with it. Genuinely for me, that experience that I had a few years ago um, really, really affected me in many ways. There are a lot of things around that that I'm still processing. I mean, the biggest thing from that absolutely was that kind of online trolling. So for me, this launch was a really big deal. I was really 
scared. And I am so proud to be sat on the other side of this launch feeling relieved that I did it. It's good. It's a good feeling to have, let me tell you. I also want to say, and I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I hope none of you feel that this episode is in any way me showing off. Obviously, I'm going to be really transparent in this episode about numbers and revenue. I hope you know, or I trust that you know my values and my character and that, you know, I share the wins so you can see what's possible and celebrate with me. But you best believe in this episode, I'm going to share all the honest stuff as well. So, Without further ado, let's get into some of the review areas. I wanna talk about the numbers. I wanna talk about what my marketing strategy was for this launch. I wanna talk about what the biggest challenges were, what helped me with those challenges. I wanna talk about what worked well, what I'd do differently next time. And then as a bit of a conclusion, what is next? Will I do a launch again, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry that this has been a bit of a long intro, but I feel like that context was needed. And do you know what? If you wanna just tune out now, knowing that the launch felt good and there you go, you've got the inside scoop great. Uh, But if you're nosy like me and you want to hear all the ins and outs, let's get into it now. So let's begin with the numbers because that's what we all want to know, right? So I'm sat here post-launch reviewing my spreadsheets and what I can see in front of me is that in the end, we had 46 people sign up to the course. I am blown away by that figure. Uh, I'll talk in a second about what my kind of targets were and what I was hoping to achieve, but 46 is just an incredible number. I'm so, so thrilled for every single person within that group and so honored that they've chosen to trust me to help them with their businesses. So 46 people signed up. Within that was eight pay what you can spaces, which for those of you who aren't familiar is something that I offer with everything that I sell, courses, retreats, events, one-to-one products. They're for people who otherwise wouldn't be able to access whatever it is that I'm selling. These spaces are given preference to those who identify within marginalized communities under the Equality Act. Uh, I don't ask people for proof. I just completely trust that people can self-identify and opt in if it's right for them. So I had eight people sign up who are a pay what you can space. I'm not counting the revenue from that because I haven't received their pay what you can amount because they send it to me via bank transfer. But just to give you a, um, an idea, generally my pay what you can spaces go for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe up to 50 pounds. People are paying amounts that really, really are what is affordable to them. So that's why I don't really count it in the total revenue. So from that 46, then if we had eight pay what you can, that means that we had 38 paying spaces, which drum roll, please comes to a total revenue from this launch, 18,550 pounds. I am shook to be saying that number out loud. My past self would not believe that that is how launch ended. I am, yeah, don't think I've really kind of, it's not sunken in. I'm not very good at celebrating myself, but that is the total revenue figure. And I say revenue very clearly because let's all remember revenue is not profit. We have fun things called tax, VAT, costs associated with launch, all of that aside anyway, a number that I'm really, really proud for this launch to have achieved. To fill you in on some of the other numbers within this launch, I'll talk a bit in a second about the marketing strategy, but I used a masterclass, a free masterclass to kind of encourage a bit of an interest list. I had 460 people sign up to that free masterclass. I then had around 150 people attend it live from that 460. 
So actually not a huge conversion. In my opinion, that's about what, like 33% who signed up actually on went to watch it live. But there were another kind of 100 to 150 who then watched it on the replay. So I'd probably say being kind of safe with numbers, if we had 460 people sign up to the masterclass, I think around about kind of 250 to 300 ended up actually watching it. So if you wanna then do some of the nerdy maths, which is always my favorite thing to do, if we look at conversion, conversion rate, I had a conversion rate of about 8% from masterclass signups or about 15% from those that actually viewed the masterclass. So depending on how you want to do your uh, conversion rate, that is the percentage of people who actually ended up then becoming paying course students based on the amount of people that signed up for that free masterclass. I know for some of you, conversion rates might not be of interest, but if you're ever looking to launch, it's really helpful to know what other people's conversion rates are because it helps you to benchmark. I will say, I think my conversion rates were pretty healthy for this launch because I have not launched a course like this in a very long time. So I'd say I had a very hot and engaged and kind of ready to buy community there, which I'm super grateful for. And I wanna just talk a second about launch targets. Now that I've mentioned how many people signed up and how much the launch made, something that I did pre-launch and I was actually encouraged to do this by my brilliant friend Rachel from Rachel Emma Waring. I'm sure most of you are familiar with her. She came on the podcast actually just a couple of weeks ago when we were both in our pre-launch planning phase. So if you want to hear past me talking about the launch then feel free. But yeah Rachel encouraged me to set three targets for my launch. Now, this is actually something that I used to do, but I kind of forgot about it until Rachel said. So I was like, okay, cool. Thanks for the reminder. I'll make sure to actually set some targets. So what I did, and I think quite a few people do this in their businesses, is I set three targets, good, better and best. So good is kind of the lowest target. It's basically like, yeah, I'm expecting that we should meet this. This is kind of the minimum. Better is like, okay, here's what like I would really like the course to make. Like that would be kind of my expectation. And then best is like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I didn't think we could do this. Wow, we smashed it. So I can now share with you what my goals were before launch. My good was 7,500 pounds. My better was 10,000 pounds. And then my best was 15,000 pounds. So pretty wild that we kind of smashed all three of those targets. But I genuinely mean this when I say that those targets for me felt really intimidating. They felt intimidating because as I've said already, I just hadn't done a launch like this in a long time. And I genuinely was so unsure of whether it would work for me, whether my community would respond, whether I would bail out, you know, before I can actually see the results because I was gonna get scared or burned out. So I did set the targets probably a little bit lower than I could have. A couple of my friends were like, uh, we set targets way higher than that. You should probably be upping those. But I realized that for this launch, I needed to just be kind to myself. I needed to kind of set the bar super low and kind of help myself to like ease into this launch. So that's why I set targets that in context to what I achieved might seem a little bit low, but genuinely when past me was making those targets, that felt very stretchy. Like even making seven and a half grand through this launch, I was like, nah, ain't no way. Can't do it. That's going to feel awful. And yeah, I genuinely mean that with all honesty. So those are the three targets that I had set. Um, and I worked out those targets then in terms of, you know, how many we'd need to sell of each of the different types of tickets that I had available. So yeah, very, very pleased to say that we kind of met all of those targets, but definitely a uh, nudge for me the next time I do a launch like this, if I do another launch like this, to maybe be a little bit more ambitious with those targets because I feel like now I've got the data, I can probably see what would feel good 
to me. I would say as well, I think setting those targets really helped me because as I'll talk about in this episode, there's a few times throughout launch where I kind of wanted to just stop and give up for many reasons. Those targets kind of kept me pushing for more because I knew that my past self was excited about those numbers. I knew what making those different amounts of money would mean to me, what it would allow me to do, etc. So yeah, having those targets in place definitely helped me to stay focused and show up during launch. So that's some of the numbers. Let's talk about what it took to hit those numbers. So my marketing strategy for this launch. Now I would say I had three big players in this launch and those three big players were Instagram, a free masterclass, email marketing. Those were the three big things I used to kind of drive the sales of that launch. And I think all three of those platforms were invaluable in achieving that end result. So filling you in a little bit on kind of how I approach my launch strategy. The interesting thing to say by the way is the launch strategy I did with this is the same kind of launch strategy that I'd have done three four years ago marketing theory doesn't change it's so fascinating to me I love the reminder of like yeah theory of selling stays the same absolutely there's different like you know hacks and tips and tricks and how you do it looks a little bit different but yeah selling ultimately comes down to the same things. So what I did was I had two key stages to my launch. I had pre-launch and then I had the launch itself. And this is a really typical process that I go through with all of my clients that are launching. You split it up into different phases. Generally there's three phases, pre, during and post. So for me, my focus in pre-launch was all about, first of all, getting my community familiar with the fact that I was about to launch something. I didn't want people to be shocked. I wanted people to know that something was coming, be interested, be excited. The second thing I wanted to do in pre-launch was bring in more marketing content. I talk quite broadly across business strategies. So I talk, you know, your business model, goal setting, systems and operations, finances, marketing. So I knew that I needed to kind of narrow my focus in the weeks running up to launch and kind of make everything a little bit more marketing focused because the course was a marketing course. So that was what pre-launch was all about, kind of getting people excited for the fact that something was coming, talking a lot more about marketing so that my community were kind of building trust with me, seeing my expertise in that area. And the big thing that I was also doing in pre-launch was encouraging people to sign up to my free masterclass. Now a free masterclass is kind of interchangeable with like a free challenge or a free workshop or a lead magnet. You probably will see people doing one of those things within their launch. And typically the role of having something free in there from my opinion, is first of all, that it helps you to create a bit of an interest list for what it is that you're selling. If you make the free thing really similar to what the paid thing is, you're gonna be able to trust that whoever's signing up for the free thing is a really relevant list for you to then promote the paid thing to. So that was the first reason I had a masterclass in there. I also wanted a masterclass so people could get a taster of the course. People investing intentionally, people knowing what they're buying is really important to me. So I knew the best way for them to invest intentionally was to get a taster of my approach, my work, my expertise. So the masterclass was there to kind of give them that. And the other reason I like doing a masterclass personally or just something free, you know, free challenge, masterclass, whatever it is, is that it gives value to those who are wanting or ready to invest. I really despise the Vibe Round launches that's like, you need this, you have to have this, you must buy it because it's just not true. And like pressuring people to buy something just feels so icky to me. So the fact that I could have that free masterclass and be like, hey, even if this course isn't for you, like you're still gonna get a ton of value from this. It's not a constant sales pitch. There is a ton of free value in the masterclass. That felt really good to me as well. So I came up with this idea of a free masterclass. It was called the three-step strategy. And I basically asked myself the question of like, right, if someone is gonna buy the course, 
course, which is called Stop Guessing, Start Growing, if you're not familiar, what could I teach them about for an hour, which would give them a really great intro to that course? What could I discuss that's gonna lead really well into the course? And I realized that the course followed this kind of framework that I've come up with, which is a three-step marketing strategy. So I just thought, great, that's a perfect idea for what to have in the masterclass. And I wanna speak for a second about why I chose to do a free masterclass and not a free challenge. You might have seen people do free challenges before, I've done them in the past for launches. If you don't know what a free challenge is, it's basically where you, over a number of days, typically they're like three or five days, and basically kind of offer a bit of a mini course, basically. I've done quite a few in the past. They can be really impactful because they often, you know, have more of an impact on people than you might have in just one-off masterclass. Uh, but what I would say from my past experience of them is they can be really exhausting and they can sometimes distract from the launch. I noticed that for me personally, when when I did free challenges in the past, I kind of got distracted and thought that the goal was just to deliver this great free challenge and I'd forget about then converting people over to a course. So having tested both in the past, masterclasses and challenges, I wanted to go down the masterclass route and basically just try and put in a little bit less work, but hopefully have like as good results. And that might sound a little bit, I don't know what the word is, like icky, but that was part of my intention with this launch strategy was like, how do I make it really simple? How do I make it quite low effort? Because I knew for me that this launch was gonna be easier, any launch I was gonna do over the next few months or years, because, and I've said this already, I hadn't launched in a long time. And what I didn't wanna do for this first launch was like throw everything at it, right? Like tons of different platforms, paid ads, a five day long free challenge if I didn't need to, because you always wanna have the option down the line to throw more at it. You wanna keep some things in your toolbox. So I kept the launch strategy quite simple, just had this free masterclass that was on launch day. And then at the end of the masterclass, I then promoted the course to those who were interested. And then during launch, I was then using email marketing and my Instagram to promote the course itself. So pre-launch, I was using my Instagram and email to get people ready, excited, get them signed up to the masterclass. And then during launch, I was using those same platforms, but focused more on promoting. The other thing I did use in launch is this podcast that you're listening to right now. And I kind of used it in a similar way to the masterclass. I put out daily episodes when we were mid launch and I really wanted those episodes to give people a taster of the course, but also give people a ton of free value if they weren't yet ready for the course. Now it's hard to know with the podcast because the only stats that we see are downloads. We don't see you know, click throughs or if people then actually signed up for anything. We did have this platform in the mix as well. I would also say on the kind of marketing front, one of the biggest things I tested on this launch was really utilizing email marketing to convert people. So if I had to kind of break it down, I'd say that like Instagram was like top of funnel, like getting people to the free masterclass. I then used the masterclass in this podcast to kind of give people a taster. And then I used email marketing to really convert people. If you literally think about it like a funnel, it was about Instagram, getting them to the next step of the free thing, and then the free thing, then getting them via email to convert. And I would say that launch strategy worked really well for me. I was really, really happy with how the marketing strategy felt. There was nothing that I was majorly like, that didn't work, that was awful. That's kind of an inside look at the marketing strategy behind the launch. Now, the next thing I wanna talk about is the challenges. Because as I've said, I'm not just about sharing that I made this amount of money and it went great. I'm also about sharing that, oh, and here's some of the rough stuff that happened behind the scenes that you probably wouldn't have seen. So I'm gonna talk about what some of the key challenges were and then what some of the biggest things were that helped me to overcome those challenges. 
So the first challenge I'd say that I faced during launch is that I felt a lot of fear. This is probably not news to you because I've said already, I had a lot of fear going into this launch for a number of reasons and fear reared its head multiple times throughout the launch. I felt fear before the launch had even begun, put off the launch for a couple of weeks and I really noticed in myself how fear disguises itself. This is something I talk about a lot with my clients but it really made me laugh to see it in myself because we really are not, you know, ever um, exempt from doing these funny things. Basically for me, fear began to show up as like logic and reason but it wasn't actually logic and reason. What I mean by that is like pre-launch especially, my brain was starting to be like, oh, we don't have time to launch. We don't have, it's not gonna work. Mm, it doesn't make sense. So it's basically trying to come up with like all these logical reasons because my brain loves logic, right? I don't really work from a place of emotion. So I think my fear knew like, if we come up with some logical reasons why we can't do this, then we don't have to do it. So that was really interesting to observe. And yeah, I, like I said, I delayed launch by two weeks until I realized what I was doing. And I caught myself and I was like, no, no, we're not delaying delaying this just because we feel a bit scared, we need to actually just do it. And I also noticed that fear showing up throughout launch, particularly actually once I'd begun hitting those targets. You know how I said I hit targets that were probably a little bit lower than perhaps where they should have been or at least where I'd put them for future launches. And I definitely had this feeling once I'd kind of hit that first target of seven and a half K of like, okay, we've got enough. It's greedy to have more money. So like, oh, we'll just kind of stop now because you know, we don't need more money. So we'll just stop. Again, that logic actually just being fear in disguise. So there were a good few moments where I think if fear had had its way, I would have stopped. I'd have just kind of taken a step back. It also showed up a little bit throughout launch where I was kind of needing to keep showing up, but I just kind of felt like I'd like done enough. I was like, I'm done. This is exhausting. Well, not even exhausting. That's I don't think it even was that exhausting, but you know, I just had these days where I was like, oh, I don't really want to talk about this course again. And I think a lot of that actually came from fear. Uh, it was just the fear in me of like, we don't really want to keep doing this because this feels scary. And I'll tell you the biggest thing that helped me to overcome that fear was support from other people. Fear has a really incredible way, as I've said already, of kind of disguising itself and almost like we can trick ourselves into not thinking it's fear that's making us make a decision. And for me personally, one of the biggest things that helps me get out of my head is just by talking to other people, like literally getting out of my head. It was in the pre-launch phase where, you know, I had to say to friends, like, just so you know, like, I think I'm trying to put off launch, but I, I think it's just because I'm scared. And my friends just had to be like, Alice, do it. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Get on with it. It was telling people that I was going to do this launch really helped. They kept me accountable. Um, and it was having people throughout who just reminded me, Alice, this is an experiment keep going to the end. You know, the truth is an experiment isn't really an experiment if you give up halfway through. And I kept saying that to myself, like I'm not allowed to draw conclusions from this if I don't give it my all. As I said at the start, I went into this thinking I either win or I get a lesson. I need to keep going right until the end in order to get either of those two things. So that really helped me to kind of, you know, walk through that fear. But I guess I share that to say like the fear didn't go away. I just had to learn how to take action despite it. I mentioned there about money and I think that was one of the uh, second biggest challenges that I faced during launch was having a real kind of ickiness about making what for me is a significant amount of money in a short space of time. I definitely have some kind of funny mindset stuff. I know we all do. And I think for me, a lot of it comes back to the way that I was brought up. My parents both run a church. I was very familiar growing up, you know, how much poverty there is on our doorsteps and kind of had this real set of values passed down from my parents, which I love and so appreciate of like, look after people, 
you know, do good for others. And obviously, you know, my parents working in a church, they never made tons of money from that, obviously. So I think I just had a lot of mindset within that around like, it's bad to make more than enough money and it's wrong. And I I felt at genuinely, and I still kind of do, even, you know, particularly sharing the numbers in this episode, it feels quite uncomfortable. I think in me, there's a lot of like guilt and shame around making a lot of money, you know, especially at a time like this where I appreciate so many people struggling I noticed it when I hit that first target of seven and a half grand I hit that target because that is my salary for three months and I set that target knowing if I hit this that is going to relieve so much pressure over the next few months and then I hit it and I basically just then said to my brain okay you have enough now if you're pushing to make more than that like that you're greedy that's bad you who says you deserve that why should you be able to make more than enough In my seven years of business, I've never pushed for more than enough. The goal has always been, and it always has then ended up that way that I've just made enough. And obviously that's amazing. That's a huge win that my business has, you know, sustainably and consistently met my basic needs. But I have so much discomfort and weirdness around making more than enough. Now, I think this is going to kind of be an endless bit of work for me of kind of unpicking that and challenging it and finding, you know, what of that is my values and what of that actually do I need to kind of unlearn. But something that really helped me with that was, and I had it on a post-it note throughout launch up on my desk, was the more money I make, the more I can help. One of my biggest drivers with building my business and making money is helping other people. Generosity is a huge value of mine. So it really helped me within launch. You know, when I was pushing from seven and a half K to 10 K and then from 10 K to 15 actually felt like the bigger one. I was like, okay, 10 K is enough. That's the shiny number everyone talks about. We don't need any more than this. When it was then 10 to 15, that was when I really had to put in the work and remind myself, okay, Alice, if you make another five, here's what you can do with it. Here's how you can, you know, invest in other people. Here's how you can, you know, up the charity work that the business is doing really helped me to kind of keep pushing for more money without those kind of feelings of you know the like guilt and shame getting in the way too much uh, so that was really interesting and I feel like it was probably more of like a temporary fix than actually doing the mindset work but there we go and something that also really helped with that was just reminding myself what the money was for you know not just thinking oh, I'm just making more money so I can like sit in a bathtub with it like obviously that's not why anyone makes money but like I think I just I've never really allowed myself to dream of more and what I would do with that more and it really helped me to get clear on that vision okay if target number one is my salary for the next three months well then what does target number two get us what lifestyle does that allow me to have how does that allow me to you know give other people around me certain experiences for me money on its own a figure like just isn't motivating I know it is for some people and I have no judgment for that but for me it's not I had to attach that money to something so that definitely helped me to kind of keep pushing throughout that. One of the other big challenges that I faced during launch, and this for me is is not really a challenge that I ever want to stop having, if I'm honest with you, um, was the challenge of keeping my values at the center. I have real values around never making people feel like they have to invest in themselves or buy something. I get so uncomfortable when I see that kind of marketing around, you know, people saying you need this, you have to have this. This is the secret to your business success. You know, people touch tons on people's pain points and make people really feel like emotionally invested when people create so much hype that if you don't buy it, you feel like you're missing out on something, even though you don't really want the thing that's there. 
Like that is my worst nightmare when it comes to launching. Honestly, is one of the biggest reasons I haven't launched in, in a few years was because I just didn't want to ever feel like I wasn't honoring my values. And so for me, that was a real challenge throughout, was always just thinking about how does this feel? How is this feeling to others? And do I need to adjust anything that I'm doing here to make sure my values are being honored? Like I said, this isn't really a challenge I ever wanna not have, because to me, this challenge just shows that my values are important to me, which, I appreciate about myself. Um, so the way that I dealt with this was mostly just kind of checking in with myself throughout launch. You know, when I was creating launch strategies, when I was figuring out how am I gonna do my masterclass and how am I gonna do my emails and what meshing am I gonna use on my sales page? It was always checking with how it felt. Not going with, oh, here's what the launch gurus say you have to do. Or, oh, I don't wanna not do that because then I'm not gonna get as high as conversion. Like, no, like my values were my biggest metric of whether I should do something within this launch. So for me, what it looked like to kind of keep my values front and center. It was really transparent about the masterclass leading to a launch. I didn't want people to feel like they'd been, you know, kind of hoodwinked and it was like a, you know, switch and flip. And they're like, I've signed up for a free thing and now she's selling to me. Really transparent about that. Also made sure the masterclass had a ton of free value in it and it wasn't just a constant sales pitch. In fact, the sales pitch part of it was I think six minutes at the end of a one hour workshop. So in my opinion, definitely a free masterclass, not just a sales pitch. And obviously people could just switch off when they got to the sales pitch if they really wanted to, which was absolutely fine. Also was important to me in all of my messaging, you know, I never said that you need this, never wanted to create the feeling that it was, you know, people's secret to success. I really wanted to empower my community of like, you can do it. If you want a helping hand, here's how I could help you do it more. But like, you don't need me. No one needs anyone. That's ridiculous messaging to have in my opinion. And yeah, a lot of it I think was just trusting that my values would come through. It was actually really helpful to get some support from other people throughout launch. I had a chat with my coach before the launch, and you know, kind of aired this worry to them of like, what if people think I'm really icky? And they were like, you have to trust that your values are just gonna come through. You can't tell people your values. You've just got to embody them and hope that they're gonna be communicated. And I think something as well, just to finish off this point that really helped me to make it feel like it wasn't like an icky pressured launch was keeping a ton of free value in there. So like the podcast episodes I did every day last week, the free masterclass, that was really important to me. And actually something that I started to do towards the end of launch was also putting messaging in there that was like, don't buy just because of the end of launch hype. That was something I was really considerate of. I know that there can be a real peak of sales on the last day of launch. And I get it, people sit on the fence, but I just didn't want any of my kind of end of launch sales to come from a place of FOMO for people. People, where they felt like, oh my God, I'm gonna miss out. So I'm gonna have to buy it now. I wanted people to invest from a really intentional place. So I had messaging in there around like, when is it the right time to invest? What's the wrong reason to invest? Like helping people to really make that decision for themselves. And yeah, if people messaged me knowing if the course was for them, I was honest about whether it was or not. Because at the end of the day, I don't want people in my program who aren't a right fit because I don't want the kind of pressure of helping people that you know weren't at the right place to invest, have put themselves in debt to invest or just aren't the right fit for what it is that I'm selling. So that was one of my big challenges, but like I said, a challenge I am grateful for. And the final, final thing I'll share in terms of challenges, I mean, I could go on forever because launches are a lot, um, is it was a lot of work. I am not gonna shy away from that. As I said at the start of this episode, my kind of hope for this launch is that it wouldn't burn me out. And I would definitely say it didn't burn me out. Like I feel good, I can keep going, everything's all right. But it was a lot. 
like launching is a lot of work. And I know the people that have launches as a kind of core part of their business have a business that's built for that. So they have kind of time around their launches to prep for it. I did not have that luxury. <laughs> I mean, saying it's a luxury sounds negative, doesn't it? But you know what I mean? My business is very busy with other stuff. So it, it wasn't like I had all this free time to prep for the launch. I had to make the free time. So just being totally transparent, every day of launch, midweek, I was up at 6 a.m. And that 6 a.m. wake up was fundamental to this launch being completed because without it, there'd be no masterclass, there'd be no sales page, there'd be no emails, there'd be no podcast episodes. That first couple of hours of the day when I won't lie to you, I probably would have rather be sleeping. Uh, that is what led to me completing the launch. Now being really transparent about that, not to promote kind of overworking on long hours, you don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. to have a successful launch, but I'm just being transparent. It took a lot of work and it was a lot of work on top of a very busy current workload. So whilst it felt sustainable, I felt good doing it and I was happy doing the extra work. I don't want you to see the kind of polished exterior of my launch and think like, oh my God, she just has it all together. It's so easy. I wrote the sales page for Stop Guessing, Start Growing at 6 a.m. the day the course launched. I made my workshop slides probably at 7 a.m. the day the course launched. Like everything was being created as it went. And I'm not proud of that. I would definitely work on that in a future launch, but just being honest with you all, it took a lot of work. I'm never gonna shy away from acknowledging how much work it can take to get those big results. The final challenge I was gonna say, but I'm, I won't talk too much about it because I'm conscious of how long I've already been recording for and I have a few more things I wanna share, is I did feel a bit disappointed at the end that I didn't hit 20,000 pound revenue. And I say that knowing how pathetic and stupid and privileged and whatever, whatever that sounds, I totally hear it in myself. Like the first target I set was seven and a half K. I ended on, you know, 10K plus more than that. It's just, I, I say this maybe just to acknowledge, I don't know if any of you ever get this, like our brains are so annoying and weird. Like I was genuinely thrilled to hit seven and a half. And then by the end of launch, my brain was like, well, if we don't hit 20, it's a failure. 20 was obviously what you should have hit. And I don't know if anyone else gets that. In fact, I know that other people get it because I talk about it with my clients, my friends all the time, but it's like that moving goalpost theory, isn't it? Like you hit one target and then your brain's like, oh, onto the next. Doesn't matter that you hit that because you need to hit the next one. And I just found that really interesting with myself. Don't get me wrong. I am like really celebrating myself for, you know, smashing the targets I already set. But I'm just curious about that kind of feeling that I had because it definitely comes from, I think, the kind of toxic, you know, girl boss business space that's, you know, glamorizes 10K months and 20K launches. And it's always about getting to like the next round figure. And it's like, what's, what's that about? Weirdly, I think I probably would have felt better at 15 than at 18. 18 just felt annoyingly close to 20 but it's like, what would have felt different if I hit 20? Nothing, it wouldn't have really changed anything. So it's just so interesting to me to, to observe kind of all of those feelings and mindsets sneaking in, despite the fact that I feel like I'm very anti kind of seeing business just in the numbers. But yeah, just thought I'd mention that for anyone who might find that curious or relate. So I've talked about the challenges. Let's talk about what worked well in this launch, what I think was great, what I would do again. And yeah, kind of recommend for you, if you're listening, thinking about doing a launch, maybe some tips for you to pick up as well. So the first thing that I'd noticed worked really well, um, almost too well, I would say, was having my VIP offer in there. Now I haven't actually touched on pricing the course in this episode, but that was a whole thing. I felt very uncomfortable about the price point of the course, not because I didn't feel like it wasn't worth it or it wasn't relative to the other pricing I have in my business, but just from that place of fear, I actually initially wanted to price the course under 300 pounds, just in like, 
you know, relative to what I've sold courses for in the past, what my one-to-one is, that price point just didn't really make sense, but I wanted to keep it cheaper. And I know that that's all relative. I'm not saying that's a cheap course. Um, I appreciate that's still a significant investment, but I wanted to keep it lower because it felt more comfortable, felt more safe. So that was a whole thing. And kind of because of that, I think, even though I did end up putting the prices up where the general tickets were at 400 pounds, which felt like a really good figure to me. It felt like it was relative to the value because of the payment plans I had, hopefully still accessible for the right people. And then when I had this VIP offer in there, I was like, okay, let's trial a VIP where it's like the course plus a one-to-one session with my one-to-one is booked out till September, October this year. So I knew that there might be some people that, you know, want to work with me one-to-one, but maybe can't wait that long or, or don't want to buy a whole package. So I had a VIP offer in there and I didn't price it that high because I, I don't know, I guess I kind of thought no one would buy it or like, nah, 400 pounds is enough. No one will, you know, people won't even want to pay that, let alone the higher price point. Well, I was wrong. (laughs) The VIP offer initially sold out within, I think, 36 hours. Like it was the Friday evening. We'd launched Thursday midday and it was sold out. Now I did end up just adding some more spaces in for those that wanted it because it's totally my bad for (laughs) putting it at probably that price point. But I don't know if I would massively change that in future because I want to keep things accessible and I don't, you know, if I know my hourly rate, why would I massively massively put that up just because I'm making a VIP offer. But yeah, that was just interesting to see how well that VIP offer was received was good evidence for me that actually people are willing and wanting to invest more and one-to-one, I mean, I've always known this one-to-one is the heart of my business. It's what I think I'm best at. So it was exciting to see some people seeing that value in it as well. The next thing I'd say worked really well about this launch was email marketing. I've touched on this already, but I went with a very email heavy launch strategy, particularly when it came to the conversion. When I was during launch, when I was selling spaces, I really relied on email to do that heavy lifting and it absolutely did. I don't actually have the exact stats of like direct you know, conversion from the emails, but I'm confident that my email marketing is what drove the majority of those sales. As I said already, I kind of utilized my social media as kind of top of funnel to get people into those email lists. And then I really used email to sell for a number of reasons. First of all, because email is an amazing place to sell. You can put links in it. You can say a lot more information. You don't have to kind of fit the algorithm rules. You know, you're not going to only be shown to 2% of your community. Your emails will actually get sent to people. But also because for me, email marketing feels a lot more focused and safe. What I mean by focused is I can make sure I'm only selling to the people that it's right for. So when I was sending emails out throughout launch, you know, I was making sure that if someone had worked with me in the past on a marketing course, they weren't being sent the email. Anyone who signed up didn't get any of the marketing emails. Anyone who asked not to hear about the launch didn't hear about it. It made me feel really confident because the only people that was receiving those emails were people that I believe were really relevant for it and were engaged. And that felt better to me rather than on, you know, Instagram being super loud, getting out my megaphone and doing a sales pitch to all 14,000 people. Instead, I had, you know, a few hundred people that I knew were relevant, that I knew were engaged, that I knew wanted to hear about it and I could just sell to them. And that felt really good. And the other thing I'd say about feeling safe is it just feels a little bit safer. It feels a bit quieter. It's like, I'm not having to shout into the masses. I'm just speaking to individuals here. And because of that, I really enjoyed having email do a lot of the conversion. And I think 
email performed really well. I'm a big believer in the power of email marketing. So I was relieved to see that I didn't have to put out, you know, a million grid posts on Instagram stories. I realized as well, but I didn't share any of the numbers around like how many things I did and send out. So I actually sent 15 emails out throughout launch. Now that was a, you know, mix of pre-launch, during launch, to my general list, to the masterclass list. But if you compare that to I only put seven posts out on Instagram, you can see email did more than double of the like outreach that my grid did and that felt really good. I don't have any judgment for others that do it, but I just don't really like posting on my grid that much. And even seven for me across like three weeks felt like a lot. So yeah, I was not wanting to bombard my Instagram grid with tons of posts. I relied on email instead and I'm yeah pleased to see the email uh, stepped up to the plate and yeah, I think was really effective. The next thing that I think worked really well in launch was having a shorter launch period. So I'm talking here about that kind of during launch phase, you know, like once doors are open before you stop sales. Now in the past, I've experimented with different lengths here. I've done a week, I've done two weeks, I've done three weeks. And I think one of the reasons that I find launch is so exhausting, and I know I'm not the only one with this, is because of that middle period. My friend Elizabeth Stiles says this phrase, sell through the silence. And she says that particularly around that middle phase of launch where like the initial hypes died down there's not yet that like end launch energy and you just have to keep selling through the silence i knew for me that selling through the silence with this launch particularly because i had so much fear going into it was going to be really hard really uncomfortable i knew that i wasn't going to want to do that so i shortened how long the launch was i actually only had the doors open for eight days i launched on a thursday at midday and then i finished sales on the following friday at 6 p.m so i only really had a week of selling and that for me let me tell you felt like long enough but because it was shorter I didn't really have that like big dip in the middle where it felt like I was selling to no one and no one was signing up it kind of meant that as soon as the initial hype of this course being launched was over we were then getting into the hype of the launch finishing which from my perspective just felt so much easier so I think that really helped and that did also mean uh, that I didn't have any days when no one signed up and that definitely helped my mindset uh, it can be really hard when you're selling something and you have none of the evidence coming in. Like I said, I think the conversion of this course was slightly easier than it perhaps would be for me ordinarily because I haven't launched something in a while. My audience were very warm. <laughs> if any of you are familiar with what warm means, basically means that, you know, they're already in waiting. There's a lot of people there that wanted something like this from me. So yeah, maybe that contributed to that as well. But yeah, I enjoyed having that shorter launch period. The next thing that I think really worked for me, I've touched on this already, was keeping my values at the front of launch. I I won't lie, I always have this thought in the back of my head of like, oh, if I just threw my values out the window, maybe I'd make loads more money. Maybe I would just be, you know, a millionaire, who knows? But the biggest thing I come back to is like, well, first of all, I wouldn't want that. Like, I don't care about making a million if I don't feel like my values are honored in the process of making it. That's what that traumatic launch in 2020 really taught me. Like money means nothing to me if it doesn't feel good, the process of making it. And feel good is both about how it feels for me and for my community. But I would actually say now being on the other side of this launch, I think being value driven made it more successful. I found ways in this launch to still be very, you know, persistent with my selling, to still be very clear with the messaging and kind of show people the impact without it utilizing any of those more, what I would see as like sleazy tactics. Like I wasn't having to, you know, tell people that they need it or pressure them into buying it, but actually there was still amazing signups and conversion rate. Like to make, 18k and feel really good about how I made it like that is truly truly hasn't sunk in yet of like how much that means to me 
as a business owner. I also think my community really value my values. <laughs> If that makes any sense, but particularly my transparency. I put up a Instagram story on the end of launch on that final Friday, just being like, just so you know, you don't need to buy. Investing in your business is great. Here's the benefits, but it's not for you if blah, 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 blah. And I talked about, you know, not going into not buying just because of the hype and the FOMO. And I had so many messages from people being like, thank you for this. Like this course isn't for me at this time. You know, seeing this from you makes me trust you even more. Seeing you say like you don't need to buy makes me more inclined to buy in future. That just meant the world to see. Like that is why I do it because I, I genuinely care about people feeling like human beings and not numbers on a spreadsheet and not, you know, revenue targets. So I really believe, and I've, I've always stood by this, that being value driven is gonna get the best results in the most sustainable way because I think when you treat people well, they stick with you long-term and they're advocates for you and what you do and they trust you. So I'm really glad that my value stayed at the center. I think that really worked. But obviously, you know, don't be value-driven to be strategic, like just have values and bring them in naturally. It's much easier that way. Um, and then the final thing I'd say really worked with this launch, which kind of helped me, I think, to be value-driven, but still like, quote unquote salesy was making the course very specific in terms of who it was for and what it was gonna help them with. One of the reasons that people struggle to convert and I have, put my hand up and say, this is definitely where I've struggled with launches in the past is because the messaging isn't compelling enough. You know, people don't buy a course, they buy what that course is gonna do for them. And I knew going into this launch that I was gonna need to get crystal clear on who this course was for and not just what it was gonna teach them or what it was gonna include or how it was gonna work, all of that's chill, I get that, but more so and what's the impact on them. I've always shied away from being quite results driven with my messaging you know I never want to promise people certain results because there's so many factors involved other than what I'm helping them with but I knew that that was going to be important you know people like I said didn't buy stop guessing start growing because it was a six-week course they bought it because of how it was going to grow their businesses so for me the way that I was able to be quite compelling with my messaging and talk about results was by making the course very specific I knew that I could have probably made more money selling it to everyone saying it was for product, service, whatever stage you're at, because my community is full of all those different types and stages of businesses. But I also knew that that wasn't gonna feel good for me and that it wasn't gonna end up being then the most impactful course because I couldn't make it specific to anyone. By making the course more specific, I made it just for service-based business owners at certain stages. I could be so much clearer in my messaging. I could be very specific about what it was gonna do for their businesses and what results it was gonna give them because I knew that the course was gonna be more focused and therefore more effective. I think narrowing the focus of the course, making it help less people, but in a better way, allowed me to, yeah, make the messaging more specific. And also for me, trust what I was selling more. I think when you're selling anything, your excitement and your trust in what you're selling is the most important thing because it's infectious, right? You've got to back yourself before anyone else is going to believe that you're worth investing in. So I knew that I was gonna need to be really sold on this course before I could sell it to anyone else. And for me, narrowing that focus was a massive help there. So those are many of the things that I think worked well. I'm sure there's more that I could add to this list, but I'm conscious of how long I've been rabbiting on for. I will just touch on quickly a couple of things that I would do differently, but this is probably a whole nother episode in itself. So if you wanna hear more about launch, let me know, cause I could talk for a lot longer than an hour about this. Um, but just quickly, uh, I've got three things that I'd do differently if I did a launch of this 
style again. First of all is I would have more direct case studies that I could use. I couldn't have changed this about this launch because I've never hosted Stop Guessing Start Growing before. Now I've hosted a lot of marketing courses. In fact, I've even hosted a course before that was for service-based business owners. So whilst I could use the feedback from that and obviously a lot of my one-to-one feedback to kind of help people see what I'm capable of and what my style is and give a bit of endorsement. I didn't feel comfortable for obvious reasons saying, you know, this is feedback on this specific course. Whereas hopefully if I were to launch this again, I would have some amazing case studies, some great stories from students, some great evidence to kind of help people see what was possible for them. I think that would really help increase conversion in future, but for obvious reasons, I couldn't have that involved in this launch and yeah, I wasn't gonna lie and just pretend that this course was great when in fact, I don't know. I mean, I think it will be great, but you know, never know to try. If anyone's listening to this, by the way, who's taking part, don't worry, it will be great. Second thing that I do differently next time is be a little bit more ahead on content, particularly emails. I was writing the emails the morning that they were coming out. That was my little 6 a.m. work slot that I was talking about. Same with the sales page, you know, with the masterclass content. Obviously, if I do this launch of this course again, I can just reuse and repurpose all of that content. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And the other thing that I do differently next time is clear a bit more time in my schedule. Time is not always easy to get, but yeah, if I see myself doing a launch again in future, I think as far out as possible, I'll start to carve out some time to make sure that I'm gonna have some headspace and energy around launch because yeah, it was a bit of a stretch making this work. And I also didn't want my current commitments like my clients and other projects to feel like I was distracted because I was in launch mode. So yeah, I'd prefer next time to have a little bit less going on so I could give my all to everything. In honesty, all of those things that I do differently are really just gonna come from doing it again. I think the first time you do anything, you know, as I said, because this was the first time, all of the content was being made for the first time. I don't have any direct case studies. So I think the more you do a launch of the the same thing, the easier it gets. Uh, My problem is that I like to reinvent the wheel and change things every time. So I never get to reuse the same content. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be launching Stop Guessing Start Growing again, or maybe this time next year, I'll launch a whole new marketing course and you'll be like, I'm pretty sure that's almost the same. You've just changed it for the sake of changing it. In which case you'd probably be correct because that sounds like something I would do. But like I said, there's probably a lot more I could dive into there and what I do differently. But I think I've touched a lot on kind of the challenges. This has been a long episode. I genuinely have a sore jaw from talking for the last hour. So if you're still listening, I'm very impressed. I hope you found this interesting in some way, shape or form. Even if you've just enjoyed hearing my behind the scenes and having a bit of a nosy, it's been lovely to have you with me. I guess the kind of ending conclusion probably for this episode is first of all, what's the conclusion to the launch experiment? And second of all, would I do it again? Now, as I said at the start of the episode and you probably got the vibe throughout, I think the conclusion is that it worked. I'm sat here, you know, having exceeded targets, feeling good about it, not burnt out. So I think we can conclude that I can launch and not hate it. (laughs) That genuinely for me is a conclusion. I can launch and not hate it. So to go on to the second question of what I do it again, you might be surprised to hear that my conclusion isn't immediately yes. Now, I probably will launch a course again. I probably will do the style of launch again that's quite loud, but I'm not, you know, immediately booking the next launch into my schedule. And that's not because I disliked it. As I've said, I hit targets, it felt good. I wouldn't really regret or change anything about this launch. But for me, this launch was less about, can I do it so I can keep doing it? And almost more about, can I do it? I just wanted to rewrite the story. I just wanted to 
get some data. I just wanted to experiment. What I do with that experiment is still a little bit TBC. It's a question for me to ask myself, right? Now I've proved that I can hit that goal of increased revenue and impact by launching a course. Do I wanna keep doing that? Do I wanna make this part of my business model? Because it would be quite a big shift for me. So much of my work is focused on one-to-one. I'd need to think about what that looks for my schedule, for my one-to-one capacity, and if that's genuinely something I wanna do and how that feels. I'm tentatively saying that I'll try another launch in September, which will be of my podcast course that I've just finished a beta round of. Just helped a kind of test group of students launch their own podcast, which has been amazing. So yeah, if I kind of, so yeah, I think I'll be having a go at launching that in September. And ultimately really what it comes down to is if I launch this course again, is how the course goes. I don't wanna launch something that I'm not fully confident in. So whilst I'm sat here 99% confident that it's gonna be a really impactful and great course, uh, let's see how stop guessing start growing actually goes it begins next week so i'm very excited for that um and then see what we want to do from there so a bit of a mysterious ending but that's my honest answer launch went great super happy with it will i make them part of my business model i'm not quite sure that's something for me to think about sit with probably do some more experiments around we'll wait and see but what you can bet is whatever i do i will bring you on the journey with me i will document it transparently and yeah you'll be with me every step of the way to not just see the shiny stuff but also hear all about the behind the scenes as well so there we have it for my little launch review Like I said, I hope you found this episode valuable in some way. If you've got any other questions around this launch, I feel like I've shared a lot, but like I said, I'm an open book. So anything else you wanna know or understand, uh, feel free to ask me. I'll have a couple of posts up on Instagram this week, which are about the launch. So feel free to comment on those and we can have a chat in the comments about all things launching. So the final thing I really wanna say is if you've been in my community over this launch, just a massive thank you. All of your support has been genuinely really really touching um i've obviously been very open about how scared i've been about this launch and i didn't really know how that would be received part of me thought oh they're gonna think you're weak people are gonna think you you know it's a bit embarrassing to admit that you feel a bit scared and that you know you don't know how something's gonna go but you've all just proved that wrong you were all so supportive so thank you if you sent me an encouraging dm if you just watched along thank you for putting up with me showing up a lot more persistently and loudly than i usually do i know launches are a lot so thank you for sticking with me thank you for cheering me on if you signed up i am honored and so so excited to help you over the next few months and yeah that's it for another launch review who knows maybe i'll be doing another launch review in a few months time watch this space all right i think that's enough for today isn't it i'm gonna go back to my sunday and maybe cook a roast dinner who knows see ya (music) 